Omcast Grand Rewatch. My name is Tom, and as one half of the Omcast, I'm joined by Dom. Say hello, Dom. Hello. So we now live in a world full of sequels, prequels, remakes, and reboots. And we understand that sometimes life gets in the way, and you're not always going to be able to catch up before a new one comes out. With that in mind, we're here to provide a weekly retrospective of some of the biggest franchises in cinema history, giving you a full spoiler rundown of each film in a series, including plot summaries, analysis, and behind-the-scenes trivia. This week... We continue our rewatch of the Rocky saga leading up to the November 30th release of the newest entry in the franchise, Creed 2. Today, we're talking about the 1990 sequel starring Sylvester Stallone and Tommy Morrison. That's right, it's Rocky 5. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so, it's Rocky so, 5. So, how did. You, how did. How. Was. That was Rocky 5. Yeah, that was Rocky 5. That's the so, first time you've ever seen it. So, right? yeah, we, we watched it together just now, and I. Yeah, I'd never seen it. Um, because of all the Rocky films, I've heard that it's got a reputation for being like really, really bad. So don't watch Rocky Five. I I know why now. Yeah, I know, I know why. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! What the hell was that all about? That was so weird. It's um. I was weird. Remember man. what I said about the triple jump between yeah. Rocky's three, four, and five? Yeah. And how it sort of takes a weird step. Yeah. From so it goes Rocky two, and then takes a hop into Rocky three. And then Rocky 3 and 4 takes a bigger step into oblivion with Rocky 4. And then 5, it just jumps into a into a raging torrent of a river. Well, then, I don't know, because, like, with this, the, the trappings of it, like, the, is that they're trying to go back and trying to make it like the old ones, but then none of the substance is there. No. Do you know what I mean? They're trying to get it back to what it used to be like. So they've got even all the old settings. They're going back to mixed gym. Mm-hmm. They go back to the neighbourhood... In Philadelphia, yeah, um, but yeah, it's just weird. Okay, I, I mean, I'll do my. I was doing yeah. the recap. So, give us your yeah. So, so before I, we carry on, give us give us the rundown. So, Rocky Five. <laughs> Fuck. The film opens with the now obligatory previously on Rocky segment, where we see the end of Rocky's fight with Ivan Drago in the changing rooms after the fight. Rocky is having a shower and starts to freak out, calling out to Adrian. The fight with Drago has caused some serious damage to Rocky. He can't stop his hands from shaking, and he's even more unintelligible than usual. Rocky, Adrian, and Paulie fly home to America, where they are greeted by Rocky Jr., or Robert, as he will be known from now on. He seems to have aged 10 years since we last saw him watching the Drago fight with his robot, but we'll just get on with it. The press have gathered at the airport to hear what Rocky thought of his trip to Russia and what his next career move might be. While Rocky continues to not make a lot of sense, the flamboyant fight promoter, George Duke, steals the scene with a grand entrance, throwing down a challenge for Rocky to fight a new up-and-coming champion. While Adrian insists her husband is retiring, Rocky is non-committal. Back at home, Rocky appears to have now had a new house, he goes back into settling into his new life. In a shocking twist, it turns out Paulie gave power of attorney to Rocky's accountant prior to his trip to Russia. 
the unseen accountant has stolen all of Rocky's money, leaving him bankrupt. Rocky's first instinct, of course, is to go back to fighting, but Adrian, worried about Rocky's health, insists that he gets checked out by some doctors first. Using high-tech scanning science stuff, the doctors tell Rocky he's got some serious brain damage from his fight with Drago, and he can't fight professionally again. His career as a boxer is over. In a very quick sequence of events, Rocky, Paulie, Adrian and Robert sell off the boxer's estate and move back to Philadelphia neighbourhood where it all began. Rocky has a sad montage where he goes back to Mick's gym, which, despite being left to Rocky Jr. in Mick's will, has completely fallen into disrepair. Rocky has an extended flashback of Mick back when they were training for Rocky's fight with Apollo. Mick gives a big speech about how Rocky is the only reason he has for living and gives Rocky a cufflink on a chain that used to belong to Rocky Marciano. Rocky walks his son to school and they have a deep conversation about street smarts and how to avoid getting conned or deceived. <laughs> Scammed. Sca- what scam? Oh, you mean deceived? Yes. So you're yeah. so much smarter than I am. <laughs> we didn't know what the word scam meant. No. Fucking prick. <laughs> Heading back to the gym, Rocky is approached by the fight promoter Duke. In a free-for-all argument, Adrian turns up and insists Rocky won't fight. At school, Rocky Jr. gets beaten up and has his coat sewn. Meanwhile, young boxer Tommy Gunn turns up at the gym where Rocky is running sparring sessions and shows Rocky what he's got by knocking the shit out of some dude. While at first Rocky insists he can't train Tommy, the young boxer convinces him to give him a shot and Rocky invites him back to his house for some of Adrian's home cooking. Very quickly, a conflict is set up as Tommy and Robert vie for Rocky's attention. In the first montage, Rocky begins to train and manage Rocky, while Robert trains with Paulie in an attempt to toughen up and deal with the bullies. Headlines begin to tell of the rise of Tommy Gunn through the boxing world, but they never mention the boxer himself, only ever calling him Rocky's clone or Rocky's robot. Robert fights the bullies and gets his coat back, but Rocky is too busy training Tommy to take much notice. Soon, Duke sees the potential in Tommy and buys the boxer with the promise of a shot at the title. After Paulie dresses up as Santa, Robert has finally had enough and storms out. As he does, Tommy turns up and tells Rocky he sold out. Rocky, Adrian sets Rocky straight, telling him that Tommy doesn't have his heart and that his son has been neglected. After a heart-to-heart with the kid, Rocky admits he's made mistakes and promises to be a better father. Back at the house, the family gathers around to watch Tommy's title shot on the TV. Throughout the match, Rocky is shadow boxing in Tommy's place, punching a bag. Tommy is victorious, but the crowd boos, unhappy with him that he left Rocky behind. Tommy thanks the man that made it all possible, Duke, the fight promoter. What a prick. Dejected that he didn't even get a mention, Rocky goes out drinking with Paulie. At the post-match press conference, the reporters tell Tommy he's not a real champion like Rocky was. Enraged, Tommy and Duke decide to challenge Rocky to prove once and for all that he is the new champion. Rather than do this officially, Tommy and Duke just go to the bar where Rocky and Paulie are with some TV cameras and challenge Rocky there and then. Rocky doesn't want to fight, but after Tommy storms into the bar and punches Paulie, he has no choice and tells Tommy to step outside so they can settle this like men. We then get a prolonged street flight, complete with leg sweeps, wrestling moves and a moving crowd. Robert and Adrian turn up to cheer on Rocky, and despite a few PTSD flashbacks, Rocky manages to defeat Tommy by throwing him in front of a bus. A stationary bus, but still. <laughs> the crowd cheers Rocky's win, and the boxer floors Duke to complete his victory. 
The next day, Rocky takes Robert to the Philadelphia Steps and the Art Museum, confessing that he never knew there was valuable art in the building. The boxer gives his son a Rocky Marciano cufflink, and the film ends with a pan up to the now famous Rocky statue looking over the Philadelphia skyline. We then get a nice Elton John song over some black and white images of all the films that have come before, and now I don't need to see Rocky V anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So, yeah, that was Rocky V. That was I mean, a fucking shit show, wasn't it? It was just shambolic, wasn't it? It was just all over the place. Like, it's no, not just to pull, pull, to pull back the curtain a bit. So, what, normally we watch the films individually, yeah. and then we come together and talk about them. Every once in a while, we'll sit down and we'll watch the film together, like we have with this one. Um, and especially in this case, it's your first time seeing it. So for the last like half hour, forty minutes, where we've been prepping to record, yeah, we've not spoken about this. So this might come out like a bit of a deluge. Well, just what? <laughs> deluge being the operating word of the day. What the fuck was that? What was that all about? Mate, I have no idea. Like, Slight openly came out and said that he only made this film out of greed. Really? What? He wanted more money. He just wanted money. Well, yeah, he just did it out of greed. Fucking hell, I don't get it. It's just, it's weird because, well, if it's, that's the case, then he's got like, I don't know, it's really strange. Like, because when it first started off and they would go, they were looking into Rocky's, like, the medical stuff, it was like, that would have been an interesting thing to go down. Like, there were some interesting ideas in there that he never fully explored. This whole idea of him being, like, broken and not being able to do yeah. it anymore. Which we even mentioned last week when we spoke about Rocky IV. Mm. We, we mentioned about. Did they have to kill off Apollo, mm. or could it have been like another way round? Yeah, yeah. You know, because could it have been addressing with his injury? But then, you know, they somebody else thought of that. Yeah. But then did it poorly here? <laughs> yeah, it's just like Rocky. You should never fight again till you're on the street. Yeah, and like in a, bare knuckle in a bare knuckle boxing fight in the street, getting thrown into fucking like yeah. into cages and God knows what. It's yeah, it's bizarre. It's really weird, but it's just like. I don't know, this whole idea of the, the Tommy Gunn character, which never gets fleshed out properly, no. and ev- everything's shorthand. Like, everything in this film is just shorthand for, like, oh, he's he's not real, oh, he doesn't take Rocky with him, so everyone hates him. It's like, But he could have taken Rocky with him. Oh, yeah. There's nothing no, 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 no. no like, he, could, he could have been his trainer and also had a promoter, and they could have said, oh, we'll get you a deal so that you and Rocky come and work for me. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll make sure Rocky gets a cut of the proceedings. So then Rocky looks after himself. Because the whole thing in this is that it comes back to being about Rocky trying to get money. Uh, yeah. But in a way, like he's got to provide. It's the so, whole Because it hasn't been for the last two films at least, that hasn't been a concern. But in one and especially in two, they have this whole thing about Rocky being the breadwinner, the you know, the keeping food on the table for the family. Mm. And we've come back to that situation again because Paulie loses all the money. Because Paulie's a piece of shit. Yeah. <clears throat> so now it's a case of he's got to find something to do, and yeah, I feel they just there are lots lots of contrivances to make it so it doesn't so there's manufactured drama. Do yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. So like it's and that they sort of specifically address sort of key points as well. Nothing is done in subtext. Everything is done in dialogue. In yeah. This. So when we find out about um, you know Tommy having a rough past. He explicitly says about how he's he was violently <clears throat> abused by his father when he was a kid. Yeah. Um, when 
they find out about money and you think, hey, poss- there's possibly an opportunity that they could sue this accountant who fucked them over. And then they just, there's like a, just a five-line piece after that explicitly saying, oh, you can't sue him because he's got his money tied up in this and this, this and this and this and this and this. And you're like, oh, okay, well, and that's over with. So we are just the poor Balboas again. Yeah, so they had to find a way, like, he had that idea and then he, like, he will move heaven and earth to make that happen sort of thing. It was like, yeah. well, what if Rocky lost all his money? Why would it? It doesn't matter. What if Rocky lost all his money? Yeah. You know I mean? But just... then, like you say about it, it's about Rocky getting his money back, but at the same time, it's... It, it, the film doesn't tell you that. This is a presumption that we make because he never brings up the money. He complains about saying, you know where we are and we can get this money, but it's also about well, I don't know, him being yeah. like Mick yeah. is it, or is a little, Tommy. No, it is a little bit. So it's like sort of spiritually, if you like, there's that, but then there's there's also there's the, the his driving thing and it always comes out in the, like, and there's something to be fair that Rocky Five has that Rocky Four didn't which is when Rocky breaks down and has a big shouting match with Adrian, and yeah. you actually see what's going on in his head. Yeah. And they never did that in 4, which no. is part of why 4 sort of failed a little bit. Yeah. But in 5, it's they have that scene in in the street, and he says, look, I don't want you to be living like this, and he gets really angry. When anything is like, he doesn't want to have, like, for Adrian to have to go to work. Yeah. And he, that goes all the way back to Rocky 2, when, Rocky, when she yeah. went back to work then. Yeah, it's always, and Rocky's always, and one thing I would say about that, is Rocky always makes it very, very clear that he's looking out for Adrian. Yeah. What he, what he doesn't often make clear is how much he's looking out for his son. Yeah. No, he's, <laughs> his son, yeah, his son's weird. Like, first Played of all... Played by his son. So, yeah, first of all, there's this weird time jump that we seem to have here. So that they always try and do this with Rocky films where they, they pick up immediately after they left off. And this one's no exception. So it literally, we get we start off with the Ivan Drago fight or the end of it. And then we were there still in Russia, and you've got like a cameo from is it? It's not Duke, is it? Who's the guy who was um, Apollo's trainer? Yeah, Duke. And he's called Duke as well. Yeah, so his nickname is Duke. Oh, for fuck's sake! Well, just, then, they don't make it easy. So his today. nickname is Duke, and um, he's cameoed at the start. Yeah, he cameos quickly, and, and then Ro- as soon as they get back to America, he's never seen again. No. Um, but yeah, he's so Rocky has his freak out. The first shot that we see of new footage is this long shot of him in the shower, where you yeah. just get a nice shot of Sly's ass. No soapy butt. But he's just he's freaking out and he's he's shaking. Um, but yeah, anyway, so it's meant to be immediately after the the fight mm-hmm. with Drago, where we saw Rocky Junior or Robert, depending on the yeah. Uh, so Rocky's name is Robert, right? So Rocky is. Robert Balboa. Right, so this is Robert and Jr. So you call him Rocky Jr. called Rocky yeah. because he fights like Rocky Marciano. Right. So, yeah, so then we just saw that kid watching it on TV with his friends and the robot. Yep. In Rocky Four, And then they fly back to America and he goes, where's the kid? Where's the kid? Kid run, comes running over and he's like five years older. Yeah. At least five years older. Yeah, he's so like, he, he is. So... Um, it's the, the same the, kid. The time difference between when the original, so the original time that Rocky Rocky Four came out in like eighty six, didn't it? Was eighty six? No, Rocky. So no, eighty five. Yeah, so, so it's Rocky five came years. out in eighty five, but it's five year gap. But it's supposed to be set. So this film is set in nineteen eighty five. Yeah. So in that time, 
the year has remained the same, but the sun has aged five years, increased height in about 18 inches, <laughs> and significantly changed everything. Well, because he's become a teenager. In this film, he has like a, he has a um, earring, he smokes, he like he starts getting a girlfriend. In the last one, he was a child. He was like literally, yeah, a, yeah. he was a little boy. Well, like I, like I said, Rocky put his son to bed during the day because because <laughs> he's like five and needs a nap or something. <laughs> And, and he does it again in this one. He puts him to bed, and he has this like he has this amazing room where he's got like a fish tank built into his wall. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he's got pictures of he's and you know he's reached adolescence because he's drawing topless pictures of his teachers. What the fuck is that all about? That's no really idea. weird. That's it's really, really weird. weird. There's so many weird things. Like yeah, and but like at least I feel like at least they acknowledge in this one that Rocky's family is really weird. So because there's that bit with um with poorly dressed up as Santa Claus. Yeah, and. Uh, Robert has got some of his friends round, and they just say to it, "Mate, your family's fucked." He's like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> it's like you're telling me. You're telling me. Yeah. It's like, uh, at least- also, interesting point about that scene um, when Rocky's like, "Hey, you remember when we used to have fun? This used to be our fun. We used to have fun with this. Remember last year when we used to have fun? No, last year you were in Russia on Christmas Day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah having the right. shit beaten out of you by even Drago." Oh yeah, I forgot that was Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> so not only did, so that poor kid, I don't thought about that. So not only that, on his own on Christmas. Yeah, Day. his mum's over in Russia as well. Yeah, yeah. poor his bastard. whole family. And apparently there's and no one else in that family. No, what are you talking about? They had the they had the robot, the robot looked after him. I was kind of sad that I felt like it was a missed opportunity when they sell off the entire Rocky estate in this one. It was a missed opportunity to not have the robot with the big price sticker on in the back. Just sad robot walking away. <laughs> just just no, some Bali. Don't let me go. <laughs> just some guy like trying to like shove it in the back of his car. <laughs> it's just trying to trying to force its way out. Polly, save me! Polly, save me! I thought you loved me. We had that experience in me. <laughs> Fucking new owner pulls the batteries out. <laughs> that'll be it. That'll be the end of it. It belongs to us now. <laughs> She's mad now. I'm gonna take it to Anchorhead and have his memory wiped. <laughs> There'll be no more talk of this Obi-Wan business. Or Paulie, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's fucking weird. And so, yeah, so then we get the um, this fight promoter guy, Duke, the other Duke, who is definitely not Don King. Oh, yeah, I've got him in all of my notes. He's, he's written as not Don King. <laughs> Just like this super, like, obviously very Murray-orientated and, like, they sort of make him out to be the proper... He's the villain, really, of the whole piece. Almost more so than Tommy. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Tommy is just um, so. The, there are a few bits of this that are sort of salvageable. So I wouldn't say it's it's absolute dog shit. Mm. But what I would say is that it needed so much more time on it, yeah. and it needed a lot more care and attention for it to be what could have potentially been a good film. Yeah, which is showing how without having the right trainer and the right heart and the right determination what this boxer will become which is what it does yeah. but it does it in such like a comically ham-fisted it's way it's so quick and ha- and like yeah it's like the the role of the press in this one is like particularly like they, yeah. they use them as like to sort of shove the plot along in the way they want it to go yeah. like particularly that final but they're all re- real reporters yeah yeah like, it's just like <laughs> which is why like they're just just angrily shouting at the boxer man but like, why would you? Yeah, it's it's just it's yeah, real strange, real strange. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, 
that's the thing. There's even some themes in there. So like the one, the one big thing I suppose is that it's Rocky talks about living through his son's eyes. Yeah. He, well, he, no, because that's the thing. He says it to him when they when the after the, they have their um, press conference. Press conference. He says, "Oh, the best thing is that when this when this kid was born, it's like being born again." And the kid then asks him, "What do you mean by that?" He goes. Basically, I never had good stuff growing up. So when mm-hmm. I see you having all this stuff, it's great because it feels makes me feel like I can see it through your eyes and see how great it is. And then later, they really have that point home about him living vicariously through other people with him being with Tommy. Yeah. And him being like, when Tommy's in the ring, it's like I'm in the ring. And he's literally throwing the punches and shadow boxing when he's doing his title fight. So it's between the two kids, between his actual son and his like sort of surrogate son, I guess you could say yeah, Tommy yeah. was. Um, who's a boxer who can do the things that Rocky can't do anymore and it's him coming to terms with that. But again, they never flesh it out. But properly. he never really does come to terms with it. No, he doesn't. Well we know for a fact that he this isn't the last time Rocky fights. No, <laughs> so but not even that, like even at this point, like Rocky has no significant shift in the way that he does things. Right. Because you think after Tommy sells out and goes for the title fight you think, oh right, that's going to be it. Then he's he's done, yeah. and you know he's going to be like, the fight will be on, and Paulie will be like, hey, do you want to watch this? And he'll be like, no, I'm going to spend time with Rocky Junior. No, no, he doesn't. No, it's, I mean, you're right. Rocky it's Junior t- is reduced to begging for his child, his father's affection by drawing a picture of him and his uncle whilst he's being completely ignored. Yeah, sat on the steps going down into the basement, which used to be his bedroom but isn't anymore because it's now Tommy's bedroom. But then even to that point, it's now become a living room, a living room where the the family are all hanging out. So, fuck Rocky Bizarre. Jr. again? Yeah, no, I mean... No, the kid, no, I'm, I'm sticking with it. Like that, that kid gets treated like absolute shit yeah. throughout this entire franchise. Yeah, well... He I just mean, keeps getting just left behind. Yeah, I know what you mean, like... And then I think part of it, like Rocky's got this weird sort of detachment to him, and they kind of they try and fix that in this one, I guess. But like something that I've noticed throughout, and he, and in this one as well, he never calls him by his name. He calls him the kid. Where's yeah. the kid? Where's the yeah, kid? He always I, does. I love the kid. The kid's great. Yeah, he always does. I've got you. I've got the kid. He never says the fucking kid's name. It's like he's your son. Like you're referring to him as this, like as like an article, like a, a thing, an object, an object. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just one of your belongings. It's another thing that you've got. Like, I'm surprised he didn't have a price tag around his neck when he was selling the Harley with his name on it. <laughs> it's such a, I got the house. I got the kid. I got, and also I don't understand like when they sold all that stuff, do they not make any money out of selling all that? Well, it would have gone off to pay off the mortgage that was outstanding. I guess. And also buying themselves a 400 grand mortgage. No, no, they paid for it in cash. Well, they said we paid for it, but then the accountant mortgaged it, and there's $400,000 on that, so I'm assuming that everything that they had... Fucking... That, I, get, I get that whole... Sort of, the financial element of it is very contrived, but, like, fuck. It just comes out of nowhere. I don't know if it was, like... Was it based on anything that happened to Stallone or anything no like that? No idea. I really don't. No clue. But, like, you do hear of stories like this where, like, the people end up bankrupt. Nicholas Cage was one. Nicholas Cage, yeah. So Nicolas um, Cage had like dozens of houses and all of these amazing things. Yeah. Um, and obviously just, yeah, his taxes got misfiled or something so he had to pay, which is why he's just consistently taking film after film after film after film after <laughs> film. turns out. you're never tw- going to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to say, like, I still think Nicolas Cage is an amazing, amazing actor. Do you? Yeah. 
like go back and watch stuff like Raising Arizona okay. and stuff like that. Um, leaving Las Vegas is another one. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, that's like the real thing. But it's I don't know if it happened to. No, nah, probably not. Probably not. I guess because he he always had Planet Hollywood. So yeah, <laughs> he'll always be all right. Um, and he had he had his Rambo franchise to back him up. True. True. But like, yeah, and, 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 and he was about to do Demolition Man. That which would have spawned another franchise, I guess. Good old John Spartan. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think they've got this whole thing as well with like they can't let themselves because if you compare it, like it, it's easy to compare it, I guess, to Creed and what's happened next is that they've tried to have this thing where there's a new young boxer coming up and Rocky's the trainer, which is exactly what the plot of of Creed is. Mm. But in this one. They make they they can't let the, the kid be the star because it has to be Rocky still. Yeah. So they even go to the light and they make a whole big point of it about like even in the in all the headlines about Tommy as Tommy's doing well it's always Rocky's clone Rocky's robot but Balboa's boy or yeah. whatever clone they, ranger. Yeah, they never ever ever just say gun or Tommy Gun or you know whatever they only ever refer to him in relation to Rocky. Yeah, and so they make this point about you know, and it's very, it's sort of very again ham fisted as a way of them say, the franchise telling us that we're not supposed to like Tommy. Tommy's not. It's not that we're going to reboot and Tommy's going to be the new champion. No, to the point that um, there was an interview with Sly, and he said about oh, what did where? So obviously you wrote these films. Where is um, so? Where's Clubber Lang now? Like we know Apollo's dead, unfortunately, but. Um, Where's Clubber Lang now? And he said, "Oh, he he um he found God, and became commentator. He became a boxing commentator. And then he said, oh, what happened to Tommy Gunn? And he said he became uh, a third-rate wrestler. Fucking hell! And it's like, Slug really, really doesn't like this film. No, he doesn't. Like, well, the, well the, speaking the, of that, the first, the literally the thing I just pulled out now is that there's this thing that I've seen." Uh, like every time I've looked into one of these, that there was an interview that um, Sly did on the Jonathan Ross show a few years ago, yeah. and he was asked to rate all the Rocky movies, give them a rating out of ten. Yeah. And with this one, he gave it a zero out of ten. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> he gave it. Oh yeah, I can't remember all of them, but it's like sort of. Oh, he gave the first ones at ten out of ten. Oh, that's a seven out of ten. So we did think about it all, but when he came to this one, it was like zero. He fucking hates it. He does not like this film, and he's he's ashamed of it. Um, it's just like. Yeah, there's so many different sort of shoehorned parts of it. And it's like... But all the characters are reduced to like characterization, not even that, like caricatures of themselves. Yeah. There are no sort of meaningful conversations in there. There's no time for anything to breathe. You know, we're immediately introduced to the villain of Not Don King. We're really quickly introduced to Tommy, who just approaches Rocky on the street. Yeah, he, Tommy turns up, and then so does the fight promoter at the same time. And then there's this weird, like, four way. And then Adrian turns up, and then Paulie turns up, and there's just everybody in the scene at the same time. And it's just, it's so chaotic. And, like, did. No, oh yeah, I was going to say, did um did Sly direct this? But he didn't. You know, no, who, he didn't. You know who directed this? It was the, well, the cinematographer from One, wasn't it? Or no, it was the director from One. Was it? Yeah, John G. Alvidson. So he only directed two Rocky movies. He directed Rocky and Rocky Five. Wow. <laughs> he also directed The Karate Kid. Yeah. <laughs> he did, um, so, oh, funnily enough, 
So, um, interesting little anecdote here. The Rocky Four mm-hmm. doesn't have Bill Conti on it. No, this one does. Because he was doing Karate Kid. Oh, really? At the same right. time. <laughs> so, the year that the Karate Kid was Karate Kid 1 and 2 were being mailed, Bill Conti was on that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's that weird crossover between... Karate Kid yeah. and Rocky franchises sharing Bill Conti, uh, the director, I've forgotten his name already, and the songs that were swapped around by Survivor. Yeah, um, and like, <clears throat> there's something else this one doesn't really... Well, I mean, there is a soundtrack. It's very hip-hop influenced. It's yeah. very much... Oh, wow. you've, t- you've never sounded more white when what you just said hip-hop influence. Oh, fuck yeah. But yeah, I. so it's, it's this early 90s sort of pop, hip-hop, Rap, but like there's a version like of literally them. MC Hammer is on there. Yeah, there's the scratch hip hop remix of the Rocky theme, which is fucking horrible, which is terrible. So like, why are you doing this again? It's like this. They're trying desperately to make it relevant again, yeah. and like trying to make it like cool. And it's just like oh, it's so bad, and it it feels like it's an old man trying to be cool with it, like and bring it back to his roots and yeah. about street fight and all the rest of it. It's just like fuck. But then they also, yeah, there's so many mixed messages because it's trying to be new and at the same time harken back to old stuff. And so much so that they retcon things like the the oh the necklace. The, well, no, the just well the the necklace, but the necklace and the scene that leads to the necklace. Oh god! Which is this prolonged montage? Oh, ghost of Mick. Yeah, the ghost of Mick. So you know, the ghost of Mick was actually going to appear in the in the film. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! Well, he basically does. Like he, like he has the, you know, when he has the um, freak out towards the end, it's like he sees like a version of Meg, doesn't he? Well, yeah, and it's like, is it in flashback because of all the scary flashbacks or sort of PTSD, sort of brain. psychosis that he's having? Fucking brain damage. Literally he, got brain damage. He calls Adrian Mick at one point. He does. He's he's yeah. fucked in the head. Like that bit's really really good. Yeah, when it started, I was like. Oh my god! Is this going to be like AVP Requiem, where I go in thinking it's shit? I actually really like it, and then as it went on, no, 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 <laughs> no not that. Because like it started out, like you say, that scene where he's he's freaking out is really well acted by Sly, um, and it's and it's an interesting idea, but they just didn't go with it. They went a completely different direction, um, and yeah, it, that scene with Mick to me was the the sort of turning point where I just went, you've lost, you lost your integrity. You lost your t- you lost your integrity because you're you're using like the the it's it's like a cheap move. It's like using Ber- Burgess Meredith, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also and it's just it's retconning like part of what was great about Mick's arc because he has this thing where he supposedly this conversation, this speech that he has with Rocky happens just before um, Rocky's fight with Apollo, yeah, and he says like. People live sometimes because they've got, or they die because they've got nothing to live for anymore. But you're my reason for living. It's like Jesus, fuck, man, that's a bit heavy. And like you're my reason for living. You're the only reason I, I'm even still here, and I'm, I'm going to get says, you through this. And says, I, oh, I'll die. You know, I'll only go when I know that you've done it. And I know I only go when I know that you're not only are you a good fighter, you can look after yourself outside the ring as well. Yeah. Only then will I, I'm like. Mick, this never would have come from Mick. This is so out of character because the whole thing with Mick was that they were these super, like, macho guys, him and Mick, and they had trouble expressing themselves mm-hmm. emotionally. And that's why it was so powerful with Mick's final, his death scene, where he says, I love you, kid. 
Yeah. Because it was the last thing he said, almost. It was like, it's taken him that long to build up to say that. And again, even going forward in the franchise, I love your kid is a really powerful thing to say. But with this, they've gone back and retconned it, and now they're making it out that he like confessed. He said it in the first. He one. said it before. Yeah, he said it before he even fought Apollo. He said like he went even further than that. He went further than I love you. He said you're my reason for living. You're just like it's so intense and so emotional. Yeah. And it's like, but they didn't even have that connection in no, the first one. No, they didn't. That only started to build up in two. So into and into three and into three. Yeah. So in, because in, in one, the first were, one, yeah, they, they course corrected it in two by. You know, Mick apologising and Mick saying that these these, you know, you know, he, he thanked Rocky and Rocky thanked him and yeah. you know, it, it, there was this big step forward of progression for both of these guys. Yeah, but then they have this, and it's just, it's just <laughs> yeah. bizarre. And like, and it's just really weirdly shot as well because obviously it's all shot from like Rocky's looking at the uh, Rocky present day Rocky is looking at the ring in Mick's gym and he sees Mick talking to a younger Rocky and the younger Rocky you never see him you only see his back yeah. because obviously it's sly but you can't show it's sly because it's probably his brother probably but it's just like it's so weird and and then yeah and then they got this whole stupid thing with the necklace where it was like well sorry it's a, it's a cufflink on a chain from Rocky Marciano and yeah, this is the only this is the thing that I care about most is that, yeah, well, the basically most like, important thing to me. And then, so, so Mickey gives it to him and says, "You have this," and it's like I'm an angel on your shoulder always. And it's like Jesus, this, where does this come from? And then the next scene, back in Rocky Five, suddenly Rocky's wearing this chain, which we've never seen before. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, I remember. I think Mick, you see Mick wearing it. Do you? But you never. I don't think you ever see him give it to Rocky. I don't no. think I've ever seen it no. before this. No, it's literally they've completely made it up, and it's completely. It's like they've added to the mythology. They've retconned, and they've added this extra element to it, which doesn't exist. And it reminds me very much. And I said this to you at the time of the whole um, thing they've done in Star Wars with uh, Hans, oh, Ho- Hans Dice, Heist, Hans Dice, which were like just in the background of one of the original movies. Hanging from the fal- mm-hmm. from the from the cockpit of the Falcon, and now they're this huge fucking talisman for the character and like mm-hmm. and his legacy. And so like because like in the original Star Wars, they were there, but they were just regular dice. Yeah, they were there. Yeah, they were there, and then they weren't. They weren't in Empire. They weren't in Return of the Jedi. They were literally just in one of them. But now they're back. It's now, different dice. Now they're like a fl- completely different shape. Now they're like he, they make such a big point out of it in Solo as well. Like it's the first, it's like yeah. almost the first thing you see, and it's the last shot of the movie is the fucking dice. But anyway, and that this is Rocky's equivalent to that, where they've gone back, changed something about the character's history, and given significance to an item where it wasn't there before. And you yeah. can't just imbue an item with significance like that; it doesn't work. Mm-mm. It's like the, the the stuff that does have a significance, like you compare it to the the shorts, the red, white, and blue. Striped yep. shorts, those have a lot of significance and like iconography and all the rest of it. So they started off as the Apollos, then Rocky wore them when he fought um, Clubber. Uh, Clubber, sorry. Then he wore them again when he fought Drago. Um, but then, yeah, it sort of it's a bit, it cheapens it a little bit that he gives them to Tommy at this, in this point. But, but, but not even a little bit. He just chucks them at him. Yeah. As if to go. Oh, you can have these. But and then, no, he, and then he says, these are very through important. voiceover, yeah. not through what we see in the character. So obvious ADR. Yeah. Hey, kid, you got to see how important these shorts are. Yeah. And and this is all done. What meanwhile, while um, whilst Rocky Junior what looks on with you know just pure resentment, just resentment and like and he's tra- he's training with Paulie 
to learn how to fight. <laughs> yeah. Because Paulie knows what he's doing. And don't forget Little Jimmy as well. Little Jimmy? Yeah, the short guy who's oh, yeah, the yeah, first yeah. one is now back in five. Yeah, but that's, again, another thing I don't really get is that, so they, so they moved back. In, Where was Jimmy? The whole time. He was just waiting in the gym. He's just there, just sweeping one corner. Is that, no, I'm short. <laughs> um, yeah so they go back to the gym and the gym's all like disrepair and stuff and then Rocky seems to sort it out and get like boxes back in there straight and sort, away and gets everyone live and up. I'm thinking right well is that not a source of income then surely mm. that all the boxes have to register they have to pay a membership fee yeah they have, they, to, they have locker payments and they, we saw him one yeah exactly so they have to pay all that obviously there's the running of the place as well but is that not a business that you run and can make money out of and who what an amazing business as well. At this point, he's still the unbeaten heavyweight championship of the world and you can go and train in his gym. Yeah. How much would people pay for that? Exactly. They would pay through the fucking nose for that, Rocky, you fucking idiot. Like, like the, guy's, the guy's had some sort of serious brain. Well, that's the thing. He he, like, he rages later on about like everyone thinks I'm dumb and everyone thinks I'm stupid. And like, you kind you of... You keep making stupid decisions. You keep making stupid things. And like, I don't yeah. understand why no one just sits him down and says, look... If it walks like a duck, it sounds like a duck, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably a fucking duck. I, like, yeah, it's it's just dumb. You're just like, right, there's a two hundred dollar membership fee <laughs> per month if you want to come train with the but the, the undefeated heavyweight champion of the world, Rocky they, Balboa. They even like, they sort of bring up bigger things like urban blight. Yeah, and then get rid of it straight away. So could they not talk about Rocky? You know, focusing on redeveloping this part of town and. Helping out and using his status as this unbeaten... Well, he's not unbeaten because he was beaten by Clubber Lang. But, um, you know, this the, the, the heavy world heavyweight champion. Yeah. And then... He, he's the champion in all of the Americas and all the Russias. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, well, we might see how that goes in other films. Yeah, well, I do like that they're... Um, yeah, the one thing they carry over quite well, I guess, in this is the whole the impact of Ivan Drago. Yeah. Like, Ivan Drago fucked him up. And yeah. when he's having the flashbacks later, when he has his fight with Tommy, it's Drago who's the one. Yeah. Because, yeah, and, and rightly so, because when they when they showed that fight again at the start of this one, I'm watching it going, fuck, he got, like, how are you still alive? Like, you should be dead. There's no way that that, like, like fucking Dolph Lundgren, like, smacking you in the face over and over and over again like that should kill you. You yeah. shouldn't still be here. Like. And that, and that's, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. But And again, there are these themes that are within the film that just fall flat on its face because we've, talk, we've spoken about this before and in these films it's Rocky repeatedly just being punched in the head over and over and over and over and over again yeah. to the point in 4 where it becomes a, almost a bit like a joke yeah. that it, they're just repeatedly pounding one another in the face over and over again, and only in five do we get a medical notification about this. Yeah, where the doctors are like, "Oh, you you can't get you can't get a license. You can't yeah. get a license to box because you've now got this on your medical record." Yeah, no one no one will let you box because you've got brain trauma. Yeah, because you fought the biggest scariest Russian in the world. Yeah, but not only that, you fought Clubber Lang yeah. and Apollo Creed twice and. All these other title fights that were in between. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that time when you fought fucking Hulk Hogan? Thunderlips. Thunderlips. Do you remember yeah. that? Do you remember that when he picked you up and threw you out of the ring? That yeah. wasn't good for your brain, and was it? Somebody catch me. Catch me! <laughs> somebody catch me! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. that. That's that. I think all in all, like the over the sense that I got with this film is that there wasn't enough care or attention put into it. They had so much more potential as we've seen from the other ones. So it's the same with Rocky Four, definitely, yeah. isn't it? I feel like they they both suffer from being undercooked. Yeah, um, and I think I think Rocky Four, yeah, it does suffer from some sort of. Like I said, everyone was in America. Everyone's just fucking horrible to the Russians. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, they're belittling them. They're making out to be idiots. They're making out to be really corrupt. And okay, to an extent, we see that part of this is true, there. But it is this sort of right, almost right wing mm. sort of propaganda piece. Yeah, and then we get into this, and there's just these two ideas that are just so undercooked that just don't really work. No. And four became a spectacle and became a parody of itself, as we said last week. And this just fell completely flat because nothing was developed. They no. could have opened with them not having any money. Yeah, yeah, they could have. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. They saved did... twenty minutes. Yeah, they could, but just like they could have done that. They could have gone into the whole because I mean the other element of it that I never really touched on I guess is that that fight that he had in Russia was non-sanctioned mm-hmm. and what what was the were there any repercussions of that yeah well was he, there, any... there was because he was it said in the the titles of the magazine montage that we saw that he wasn't allowed to box for two years well there you go well there you go why couldn't he have lost his oh, that's so stupid well like, I don't know why they didn't bring that up but they when they said when they were doing having the argument about how do we get our money back they could have said to you, Rocky, you can't fight for them at least two years. Yeah. That could have like solved, get that could have solved the problem straight away. Like yeah. because of the fact that you had this unsanctioned fight in Russia because your mate died. And so yeah. again there's there's consequences. Like, that's what I always like when there are consequences from one film to another. And I feel like, yeah, Drago and the whole Russian thing is too big a thing not to have consequences. So yeah. they again they skirted with it, but they should have They touched on it very lightly. Yeah. And then just moved on to someone else. To yeah, I mean like Rocky Jr. going to school and becoming a tough guy. <laughs> yeah, also, like that's another thing that just bothers me, is that I get you know, he wants to have his son to have a bit of an arc in this film and it makes sense, but you were always a really distant father. And then now you're like walking into school and you're like, watch out for scams. And he's like, what's a scam? And it's like, right, if, if you don't, if you know what deception is, but you don't know what the word scam is, yeah, what sort of fucking <clears throat> school are you going to? No, because it's just, yeah, he goes to a school where they teach him the proper words for things. And that's mm-hmm. all he knows. It's a sheltered he's still pro- going to understand the word scam. No, he's not. I didn't know. He's the word. 29 years old. <laughs> he's shaving. He's got a family of his own now. You know. <laughs> I love it it's just yeah it's bizarre and Tommy Gunn's illegitimate father they have this whole weird little um, subplot with him and this girl yeah that doesn't happen that, nothing really happens with that no it doesn't Jewel like, Jewel yeah and it's like I'm not like the other kids I want to get out of here too I'm like okay yeah like, we're just we're just gonna throw up our thumbs and get out of here get out of here I want to get out of here you know and he's just like yeah um, and eventually he has it out with Rocky and says, oh, yeah, what about Tommy? You're like Tommy, don't you? <laughs> um, and they're very ham-fisted in that. I think the first time, obviously, they bring, Tommy gets invited back home to Rocky's house. Yeah. Warning um, signs immediately. Yeah. And then they, um, they say, oh, yeah, you can have uh, you can have the kids' room. 
So he gives them the kids' room, and then they have this whole little bit downstairs where he's teaching him stuff about boxing and saying, and then Mick is telling him it's all about heart and it's, it's all about, you know, coming out. And meanwhile, he's in the, the, the kids in the background going, Hey, Dad, I met this really great girl today. And he's like, Yeah, that's great, son, that's great. I'm just talking with Tommy about boxing. And it's, <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I don't need you anymore. Was like you're too young to meanwhile, fight. Meanwhile, the kid's saying, "I want to fight. Can you teach me how to fight?" And Adrian says no. And uh, obviously, Paulie's answer to everything is a baseball bat. Yep, because he's a piece of shit. Yep, Paulie's <laughs> encouraging hitting a child with a baseball bat across the face. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Paulie. They forgive Paulie way too quickly as well. Everybody forgives Paulie way too quickly, like. But this is in particular. Like, I always like in one. I, there is a bit of sympathy to Paulie. From there on out, he's just a dick. Yeah. You know, the, I know I keep ribbing you about it, but Paulie has very few redeeming qualities, that's, if the, any. This is, should be the nail in the coffin, shouldn't it? Mm-hmm. But this should be the end of it. But, like, I don't know. But, again, it's almost a complete reversal of what they did in the last one. Because in the last one, they made uh, Paulie like a... He was a comic relief character, and they also sort of humanised him a little bit. It's something we don't, I don't think we talked about was the bit where Rocky's on his way to his fight with Drago. Uh, Paulie has this thing where he's like, look, if I could be anyone else, yeah, I want to be you. And a lot of other people would have just thrown me to the curb and wouldn't have let me hang around. Mm-hmm. But you didn't, because you were all hot. So that's what they did in the last one. And then they immediately follow it up by going, oh yeah, Paulie lost all our money. <laughs> Paulie lost all our money because he just he got Rocky to sign a bit of paper that he yeah, thought was... Which Rocky should have read. To be fair, yeah, but Rocky can't read. He can read. No, not really. She likes the way he reads. I, I like the I like the way you lie. But yeah, and that's that's what I mean, is that everything about this, everything about this is so just... There's just no care in it at all. No. And it just smacks of that from the outset, which is why I'm like, I just don't, really don't like Rocky Five. No. There are parts in there that could be fucking great. Yeah, but like, not. yeah. I mean, because that just reminded me, like, he... And it starts out, there's this bit where they come back to the house and he's talking to Adrian. And he's, like, sort of flirting with her. He's like, oh, maybe I'll take you upstairs and violate you like a parking meter. And he's being really, like, not himself. I'm really not, not right. But then she and says something as well. And he's like, she oh, says, where did you learn to talk yeah, dirty? Yeah, well, she says, oh, yeah, it'll cost you a quarter. And so she's going along with it. But then there's this bit where... Rocky Jr. says to Paulie, like, does Dad seem weird to you? He's not right. And, I th- and that's what they were going to do, I think. At one point, it was I was just reading about it, it's like, they were going to have him, like, his personality has sort of changed a bit, and mm-hmm. he's not quite right in the head, but they were like, that's too upsetting, it's like watching your favourite dog, like, not being himself, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's not right, so they changed it. And you can tell that, like, they changed things during the filming. Yeah, but yeah, they had one idea to start with, which would have been interesting, and then changed it. And so then it's all about him trying to live up to be Mick, and he's not Mick. Yeah. And then they're trying to say Tommy's the new Rocky, but he's not Rocky because he hasn't got your heart. He hasn't got the heart. Yeah, he doesn't have the heart, and he yeah, and he's just he's only in it for the glory. I guess so. Yeah, but they don't. Again, that's all lip service. They never say that. Like, there's no reason. The the only like Tommy's not really that much of a villain in my eyes. I don't think because all he. All he ever wanted was that he wants to show up the title and yeah, he wants to make a living out of this and Rocky's not interested in that. He's only, I don't know what Rocky's interested in but he's not, like, is it? Un- it's not unreasonable for Tommy to want to have a shot at the title and to want some money. Well, yeah, of course but, at, you know, at the same time you've got to realise that uh, you've got to realise that there's there's a limit 
You know, that's like having a coach on a Sunday league. Yeah. And being like, no, fuck you, I want to win the Premier Cup. I uh, probably shouldn't have used the football analogy there. Um, what do I know about sports? I know about boxing. So it's like having an amateur boxer, which yeah. Tommy is, who's had 22 fights in the, at this point in the film, yeah. and then wanting to go for the World Heavyweight Championship title, yeah, but that's which is good. ludicrous. Yeah, but you can it's just... fucking madness. But the fact that he's got Rocky on his side and he's got the former World Heavyweight Champion is what pushes him up. Yeah. That's what improves his visibility. But the fact that he's there saying, I want the title, I want the title, I want the title, which is great, which he gets. But Rocky specifically says, you need to not sell out because this is what these people are about. They're about their crooks, they're mobsters, you know, they're people that cheat you. They'll take everything they can get from you and then just kick you to the curb, which is what happens. Yeah, but which didn't happen with Rocky because Mick kept him honest. But that's the thing. But I didn't. I don't feel like we've seen that happen to anyone. Like that didn't really happen to Apollo either. No, we Apollo, As far as we know, Apollo earned his way up. Yeah. But again, this is just a horribly underdeveloped idea that you just think Tommy isn't really the villain. Not Don King is. Yeah. But Tommy's the tool. Yeah. That bridges that gap. Yeah. And Tommy is almost a failure on Rocky's part but it's not a failure because he didn't fail on anything of it he did his best he trained him and he did it he said you need to take time to get there mm. but he just wanted it right away he was easily bought out by women money and fur coats with biggest collars I've ever seen in my life yeah he, he chose the quick and easy path like Vader did yep oh Star Wars <laughs> let's pause this and watch Star Wars <laughs> what sacrifice Han and Leia Listen, we. I just want to watch Star Wars. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, I don't think there's that much left to say about Rocky Five. To be fair, is there? Oh, I mean, really? it's it. It's a misstep. Um, it sort of killed the franchise dead for a good long while, um, and well, sort of deservedly shut. And it's a bit of a shame that that this is how it sort of ended. Although it did, it has sort of set up the way of sixteen years. Yeah, um, but the ones like positive step I guess you could say it took is getting rid of Rocky's money yeah because I think that is important to, for then where they then go further on with it I think if he was some sort of like millionaire living in a huge mansion then I don't know if you could have done any more with it uh, I mean there there is the trope of the, the millionaire living in the mansion that's gone to disrepair yeah you know, and he's sort of bimbling around on his own because he's lost the love of his life. Yeah, I suppose you could have done that, but I feel like Rocky, to get back to the heart of the character, it makes sense for him to be back yeah. in the street and be a neighbourhood guy. Even though he seems to rail at that in this one. He goes, I don't want to be just another guy from the neighbourhood. And it's like, why not? Why, do you think you're better than that, Rock? Fuck you. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he earned his way up. He fought his way up. Yeah, I guess so. From, but like from nothing. But to... hopefully, but like what again? This is, and it's another missed opportunity. What they needed to do in this was for him to embrace that part of himself mm-hmm. and remember it. Like it kind of did. Where it's like he's on the streets. He's fighting the sellout. Oh yeah, by having the fight in the street, which was a bizarre choice. Surrounded by uh, ra- rather than it be because every single other Rocky movie up till now has been there's been a championship fight in a boxing ring at the end of it. Mm-hmm. This one, no, they had a fight in the street. And we're throwing each other through <laughs> through walls and like and just like and another thing to say about um, so in Rocky three we address the fact that 
Um, Hulk Hogan as Thunderlips was in that film, professional wrestler. A lot of the moves used by Rocky in this fight mm. are wrestling moves. Yeah. So, like, the leg scissor takedown when Tommy runs it yeah. and he falls to the floor and trips him. Yeah. And then he does, like, a, like a German suplex and he's he's got he's got a bear hug from behind. He's like, oh, no, how's he going to get out of that? He just wrestle-reverses it. It's bizarre. Straight it's weird. Back. I I've read that it was... The reason that it was like that is because there's a guy called Terry Funk who's yeah. a professional wrestler who's a legend in the wrestling industry. Yeah. He choreographed that fight. Well, there you go. <laughs> and it's just like, but why? So why is it a wrestling fight now? They're boxing films. Yeah. They've always been boxing films. So why now? There is this sort of But like weird... you're, you're going to prove you're a better boxer by beating him in a wrestling fight. You're <laughs> going to prove you're a better boxer. Well, it's not, but it's not even that because Tommy wants to prove that he's a better boxer and then does that by... Punching poorly in a bar, yeah, which anyone would do. To be yeah. fair, I'm amazed poorly doesn't get punched more. Yeah, um, but then Rocky's like, "Oh no! If you want to settle this, we'll throw hands out in the street." And so yeah, my rings in the street. And you're like, nah. "Well, it's not because Never the world, been. the world heavyweight boxing champion Rocky, <laughs> your ring is normally in an arena, yeah, <laughs> surrounded by th- hundreds or thousands of seats watched on television." I mean, there is a little bit of a moment there where you're like, oh, my ring's in the street, so they have a fight in the street and they're surrounded by people and it's televised. Yeah. Live. Oh, yeah. I do. I love, <laughs> there's, a bit, there's a bit where the, the reporter who... They, I love that they... Because they did that even in the first Rocky. They're just able to get a reporter with a TV camera like that. Oh, yeah. Like it's, that's not an issue. Hello, news. Hello, news. I need a reporter at this location. Okay. Um... But yeah, they just... Hello, news. We have news. What's the news? I'll tell you the news when you see the news. It's not news yet until you see it. At the moment, it's olds. <laughs> at the moment, it's yet to have happened, but we're going to need you here at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, there's a point where the the, um, the reporter just turns back to the camera and goes, go live, go live now. <laughs> it's like, we've got a break. Who are you talking to? Well, uh, the TV people. So now, this is being broadcast live across the world. Yeah, so like, this guy <laughs> has a camera and a microphone, but he has no outside broadcast vehicle to transmit this. He just happens to have a camera that can broadcast live to all TV stations. Of course he can. What are you talking about? This is 1990. This is the oh, future, yes. mate. You're right. They we can do all sorts. Got... living in the world what? tomorrow. Have you never seen a VHS before? Come on, man. Did you ever see a cassette before it was shown in a TV show the other day? Oh, yeah. I wonder what that was. <laughs> but, yeah, like... <laughs> It's bizarre, and that's another one of that. It's just there are so many points like they can get as mine, you know, as big as character development and arcs that don't make sense to little like practical things like the TV camera not making sense. But what it all boils down to is that none of this was thought through no. very well. No one really thought about it. He did it for a quick buck. He's admitted as such mm-hmm. since. No one cared about this, and it's a. Sh- I feel like when we get into Balboa, we'll see how much Balboa is an attempt for him to course correct and give it the sort of the proper send-off that the, the franchise deserves. Because I feel like this is a down note for it to end on, and he wasn't happy with Absolutely. that. And that why, that's why he came back and made yeah, Balboa. Um, but we'll talk about that next week. Yep. So, yeah. So, uh, to finish up as we normally do, mm-hmm. uh, so far, from Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5, <laughs> how are you finding your standings? 
Oh, okay, so I'm going to go Rocky 1, number yeah. 1. Rocky 3. Yeah. Rocky 2. Yeah. Rocky 4. Rocky 5. Yeah. And I'm still at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. For fuck's sake. <laughs> no, no, honestly. The, but the, the I fir- will say that, you know, and as I've said before, 2 and 3 are really, really close. Yeah. But the further we go on, like I do, I feel like yeah, three really was the sweet spot for me. It was just yeah. it was it was the Goldilocks zone of, of Rocky movies. It was everything was just right, um, and I did really enjoy four. Um, a lot to do with the fact of um, Dolph Lundgren and Ivan Drago. Um, but again, similar to this one, it was underdeveloped, but not as criminally under underdeveloped as Rocky Five was. Um, mm. It was a grab bag of ideas, none of which really worked particularly well. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. And we'll see if he's able to actually sort of course correct it in the next one. Um, because again, like, this could have been the end of it. And at one point, the original idea was that Rocky was going to die at the end of this film. <laughs> yeah. um, and they well, changed you that. Know, funny, it did kill the franchise for 16 years. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, in a way, we'll, we'll see whether that was the right decision or not. I'm obviously, at this point, we're happy that he didn't do that. Hmm. Um, and that the series has found a way to live on. Um, have but, you seen Balboa? No. You've not. That's what I'm saying. Excellent. So I haven't. I haven't seen these are the two that I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen five and I hadn't seen Balboa. Yeah. Everything else I've seen. Um, so yeah, we see how Rocky's story as a boxer, I guess, ends next week um, before we start getting into his career as a trainer, mm-hmm. f- proper trainer. Although he started here, he becomes a trainer properly in Creed. Next week he's going to have his last <laughs> professional fight. Um, at the grand old age of like 60 years old or whatever he is at that point but we'll see how that goes um, yeah so in the meantime don't watch Rocky 5 just listen to this maybe yeah don't do it um, and just be aware that meanwhile Rocky lost all his money that's all you need to know yep continue <laughs> that's it what happened after he fought he fought Drago he lost all his money lost all his money got punched in the head now, yeah the Russians hacked his money and stole it no, that's, yeah, that's yeah. even too much to think about it. What happened to Rocky after he fought even Drago? He went home, he lost his money, he's got a bad head. Anyway, it's time for Rocky Six. <laughs> yeah. AKA okay. Rocky Balboa. And um, yeah. And we'll see you next week when we talk about Rocky Balboa. So uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. You can find us at the usual places uh, on Twitter and on Gmail uh, omcast at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you next week for Rocky Balboa. Bye. Bye. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? The human torch was denied a bank loan. Ah! Ah! They're coming through the back door! <laughs> Get the children! Well, we found the peak on the recording level. Yeah.